Hey, this is Steph from Coffee Like Media. I'm so glad that you're listening to the Geopaths episodes. Wanted to give you some information on current projects that I'm doing. You can go over to stephfuccio.com to see all of the productions that I'm working on. There's two specifically I'd like to tell you about real quick that I think you might like. If you're curious about ChatGPT and other AI use for content creation, it's coffeelike.substack.com. In that newsletter, you will find the audio, video, and written form of all the episodes that I'm creating there where I'm experimenting with using ChatGPT for content creation purposes. Also, I'm venturing into sound design, doing my own meditation podcast. It's called Solo Work Life Meditations. And if you work from home alone or you're a solopreneur or freelancer, I think you'll find the topics and the vibe of the podcast episodes to be really soothing And of course, if you need help with any of your podcasting needs or know anybody that does, please send them over to me at stephfuccio.com. That's S-T-E-P-H-F-U-C-C-I-O. I do momentum calls where I help people get unstuck from their podcasting struggles and podcast audits and things like that. After seven years of content creation, I am very much so here for you to help you get your voice your stories and your messages out into the world in whatever way I can do that. Thank you so much for listening to Geopats and I look forward to hearing from you. Bye. Welcome to another episode of Geopats. I'm Steph Fuccio, your host in this exploration on my computer to talk to expats and geopats around the world about different niche things that connect them to the places they're in. I'm an American expat in Copenhagen, Denmark. But today we're going to be listening to a conversation that I had with Lawrence Lin, a podcast industry expert over in China. Lawrence shares what the Chinese podcasting market is like currently, what it came from, what other similar mediums are taking all the attention away from it, and so much more. We discussed the current landscape and emphasize the growing popularity of podcasts in major cities like Shanghai that I used to live in and Beijing, where Lawrence lives now. We highlight the diverse audience consisting of educated professionals and individuals seeking engaged audio content. Oh my gosh, folks, we talk about not just audiobooks, audio dramas, chit chats, uh, podcasts, and live streams, and more. Like, there's so many different kinds of audio experiences over in China, and we really dig into them. We do also touch on the monetization strategies in podcasting and in some of the other audio mediums because you have to compare them because podcasting is relatively new everywhere. As with all things in the world, how things are in another country compared to your home country and mine is probably more similar than different, but it's those differences that make this conversation with Lawrence super interesting. Let's get to the conversation with Lawrence Lin about the podcasting space over in China. In a country as populated as China, what is it? 1.6 billion? Correct. What's considered a good audience for a podcast? So uh, podcast listeners are centered around uh, Shanghai and Beijing, uh, mm-hmm. first tier cities. So Shanghai, Beijing, Guangzhou, Shenzhen. Podcast listeners, the majority are people with a bachelor degree and above. Kind of similar mm-hmm. to, uh, to again, to the rest of the world, but in mm-hmm. a larger degree. So the majority uh, 
are uh, uh, white collar or people who work in offices, who work in finance, who work in you know technology industry and mm-hmm. things like that. Uh, people with bachelor degrees or above tend to be people who studied abroad for college or worked abroad. Mm-hmm. Uh, so people with a sense of of uh, the West, or, may I say, um, um, of the culture beyond uh, and outside of China. Yeah. So They've that's got a really global the, the, part to their existence. Exactly, sure. exactly. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that, for that for a long time has been a reason why podcast growth was quite slow. Because, mm-hmm. you know, we do have 1.8 billion, 1.6 billion people here in China. Mm-hmm. But for the majority of those people, the idea of what a, what a podcast is, mm-hmm. it's still very, very behind. So mm-hmm. if you would go to a third tier or maybe even a second tier city, you find someone on the street and say, hey, do you listen to podcasts? They will ask you, what is a podcast? Mm-hmm. They listen to audiobooks. They listen, they listen to uh, recorded radios. So for mm-hmm. a very long time, we, you know, when people ask us, what is a podcast? We say, it's like a radio show, but um, yep. the, you, know, you do it on the phone. Uh, so we, you know, it's, you know, we've done, we, you know, we've explained it that way for, for a very long time. And even today, you know, yes, a listenership is growing. But it's still very much limited within the first and, and sort of second tier mm-hmm. cities. If you go down where the majority of the populations are, they are still very much in terms of digital audio. They are still consuming more drama, audio drama, audio mm-hmm. books. And, and there's you know plenty of studies that's came out uh, explaining why that might be the reason. And, and you know one of the reasons because you know audio tend to be consumed by people who doesn't have a lot of time. Uh, at least greatest in China, so they will listen mm-hmm. to their on their commute. You know, they, right. they might have a long commute. They have to listen to something. They are in a very uh, high-pressured environment, so they're always mm-hmm. eager to learn new things. Or maybe they're in a rapidly changing industry, so you want to listen to other people in your industry who are talking about uh, new and upcoming trends. But mm-hmm. if you were to go to a third or fourth tier city, you know the lifestyle is more, much more laid back. People are relaxed. Mm-hmm. You know there isn't a long commute. It's it's it's, it's very close to uh, to home. So uh, people are you know people tend to um, watch videos more in that sense and, and listen mm-hmm. less to to audios and, and and they really don't have uh, much of an interest to learn about you know so what's happening in say AI or or, or 5G right. or or, right. or this cutting edge technologies. You know not to say that they're not interest in this but they might look at it with video they might learn from like uh, other mediums right. uh, apart, sure, apart sure. From, from audio yeah I don't, I don't make any podcasts but um so my previous role was at the uh, as the uh, uh, external affairs uh, uh head of external affairs at china netcasting services mm-hmm. association audio committee it's it's a name for um so basically uh what the association does um and our committee audio committee does uh, more specifically is we deal with the entire audio uh, industry here in china uh, which part of podcast is part of uh, but we also cover things like uh, traditional uh, radio stations we cover uh, companies in the voice technology space. We also work with uh, voice of artists, podcasters, audio platforms, music platforms. So really, we cover mm-hmm. uh, the entire spectrum uh, that deals with digital audio more broadly. And so that's what wow. I experience with with the podcast. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. So is it like a regulatory part of the government for podcasting in China? It's not a regulatory. Uh, so, so it is a non-governmental organization. So we don't deal with uh, regulatory uh, in the sense we don't create uh, rules and regulations. But oh. what we do is we help relay concerns that uh, the government might have in regard to the industry. And we relay suggestions and voices from the industry back to the government. So sort of in the, in, in the middle there. Mm-hmm. But, but, you know, what we do, of course, in the process of working with industry uh, leaders, you know, we do come up with ideas 
in terms of regulatory uh, thing, uh, in terms of regulatory uh, actions uh, mm-hmm. that we can then propose uh, for such things uh, like industry standards to be established. Uh-huh. But we do, we ourselves did not uh, enforce uh, or create uh, regulations. Gotcha. Okay. Yep. It's funny because I left Shanghai in 2020, just before, like the first day of the year, actually, January 1st, 2020. (laughs) And um, just before the pandemic, right? Before I left, I heard that there were a lot of podcasts or the majority of podcasts, a few people told me, were actually behind a paywall, that they were very business oriented and you had to pay to listen to them. Is that true of the current landscape? Paywall is definitely one of the monetization models uh, here in, in, in the market. Mm-hmm. Um, although it's it's so it's been tested and there are successes uh, with with companies setting up paywalls mm-hmm. for um, they usually don't do it for the uh, uh, entire season. They would do for uh, so they will have a show that's free and mm-hmm. for some episodes that uh, they may have maybe they have a special guest that's really popular oh, or they have a special okay. content that people really like. They will mm-hmm. set up uh, paywalls for independent uh, episodes. So, so yeah, I mean, I mean, there are people who are setting up paywalls, but it, it's not like a uh, widely practiced uh, business uh, behavior. So, so yeah, there's so definitely that's something that that that's um, that that's happened. So, uh, mm-hmm. a popular podcast app here in China called uh, Xiao Yuzhou, which is a one of the few dedicated podcast uh, apps I mentioned earlier, they set up something like that. I think last year, and it has some success, especially with. Uh, podcasting uh, podcasters with 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 pretty good following uh, so mm-hmm. so paywall is definitely one thing uh, one way of making money the idea of branding that's much more popular uh, especially in the u.s mm-hmm. it's less so here in chinese market especially with 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 very local brands mm-hmm. um so you 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 see companies you know companies who pay advertisements uh, for podcasts uh, here in china usually are foreign companies company like mm-hmm. starbucks company like pfizer uh, okay. Companies like uh, you know so, so foreign companies, so they basically, um, you know, their leadership probably was a fan of podcasts before they came to China. So they know the power of audio. They know that mm-hmm. you know podcasts really has a power to create strong branding uh, recognition and, and mm-hmm. brand loyalty. So they are more willing to pay for for for, for podcast uh, advertisements. Mm-hmm. But majority of advertisers have yet understood the power of podcast as a advertisement uh, medium and that in part is because one reason is because right they're, they're used to a very rapid and high rate on investment roi mm-hmm. but also it's because data collection with podcasts has been something that oh gosh hasn't yeah. been created it's not something <laughs> that it, it's a uh, i would say we're still in a very early stage of that you know it's still very yeah. difficult for podcasters to get a a, a clear sense of mm-hmm. the scope of exactly who listen, right? Their their, their listenership and, and things like that. So mm-hmm. you know, when we when we we talk to podcast networks that I mentioned, they tend to be better because they have the manpower and the capacity mm-hmm. to do service to talk to their listeners directly right. and to you know create a sense of sort of a good package to that you can give to advertisers. And so they tend to get you know more advertising. Uh, but but for independent advertisers, because there yet isn't uh, a, a dynamic uh, ad insertion uh, tech here in China. So, so if you're mm-hmm. an independent podcast creator, you can't turn your listenership right away to uh, advertisement uh, money. So you still have to, if you are a podcast creator, go out there and and, and find advertisers uh, by yourself. Oh, that's so that hard. Require, yeah. So you so that would require a business uh, a BD team, uh, which is usually not possible for if you're just an independent creator. I think you brought up something that's super important that I don't think a lot of folks in the West know about China is the sheer speed, which with things move in, in the, in the space, in the market, in the, in the country, 
Yeah. And I'm thinking, oh man, if I had somebody contact me and want to advertise on my podcast, it would be for like a week or two or maybe even a month later. But if you're looking to sell something right now, podcasting traditionally isn't the place to do it quickly. Like a live stream might be, but a podcast itself that does a lot of editing and pre-production or post-production wouldn't be the place for that. So that's a really good point for a fast moving market. That's not... In a natural fit. I know that the platforms are, the audio platforms are experimenting with, mm-hmm. can we add shopping carts to, to our audio apps, just like, you know, in video. Right. Um, Cause yeah. in that case, you know, uh, if I'm a podcaster, I'm, I'm talking and I'm, you know, now I'm promoting a product, you can buy it mm-hmm. right away from the app that you're listening to my podcast on. Uh, right. But those things have not yet uh, taken off. And, you know, some podcasters would, you know, refer to their WeChat page, you know, where, where right. they will set up a shop and say, okay, go to our WeChat page, which, if you don't know, of course you know. But for people yeah. who don't know, it's like, right, it's like a social media, and so they will set up a page and 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 they will divert the listeners there. Live audio chatting is a completely different category, different kind of uh, people will participating yeah. in it. So so yeah, I mean I mean there are chat rooms, and when I say chat rooms, I don't I'm not I'm not talking about like uh, like Twitter Space or like a uh, clubhouse. It's, it's not like business uh, chats or like uh, industry or like uh, right. people come together talk about technologies, more uh, chit chats and, and and talk about uh, just hey how's your day and I think that that's very easy uh, going uh, chats. Mm-hmm. It's hard to switch platforms, though. It's hard to get people to switch platforms. And that's part of the problem. Yeah. And okay, so when I was in China, like a live streaming with the audience member paying like tips and buying things like on that was very popular. Okay, so I'm going to pop in here. And something I forgot to bring up specifically during this interview with Lawrence is an interview that I did with Hao Wu, documentarian. And um, he made the documentary, People's Republic of Desire. Gosh, I want to say it was 2018, 2019. And I interviewed him with a guest co-host, Shannon Martin, back in 2019 about that documentary. And that's when I started to learn the most about the live, the really, really active live streaming market, basically, because it was such a moneymaker for some folks. Actually, I want to play you a little clip from that interview, and I will link that episode with how in the show notes as well. But I just wanted to give you a little bit of context and chronology about these voices, these voices in China that keep coming out in really interesting ways. So here's a little bit of what Howe said about why he did that documentary. I started making this film in 2014. So that was before live streaming really took off. Uh, very few people in uh, first-tier cities have heard of live streaming. And uh, what intrigued me back then uh, was because I had always wanted to make a film about the rich people in China. Uh, but the reality is that very few rich people will, will want to be on camera, right? Want to be interviewed, be followed around by a camera. But then somebody was mentioning about this virtual live streaming world where the rich Tuhao and the poor Del Si, they all party together. So that really intrigued me. And uh, as soon as uh, I did some research and found out that the two how the rich patrons they really spend tons of money just like to show off virtually and anonymously that to me is just like so fascinating that that to me in many ways represents what's happening in china today in, in my you know humble opinion so that kind of like got me going so i want to find out more about this world for a while i thought live streaming was just a fad so i was rushing to finish the film I was like, you know, I hope that live streaming is still there by the time I finish this film. So it kind of lucky for me that live streaming really exploded back 
back in 2016, uh, even though right now it's not as trendy as before, mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that's also because it has become so mainstream in China. Has anything replaced it in popularity? Yeah, definitely short video, right? TikTok. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. 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 These are what everybody's talking about worldwide now. It blows me away because at that time in China, TikTok, well, it still is. It's called Douyin, which I'm not saying correctly. <laughs> and then it became really popular around the world. And uh, I watched my own home country of the U.S. go crazy over TikTok. And so it was, it was interesting to watch all of this happen. Okay, but let's go back to the 2020s in China with Lawrence. Is that something that you see happening in the podcasting space? So those chat rooms, uh, they do exist and they, they, they're okay. They, they also, they don't make as much tipping as, as, as a video, uh, mm-hmm. of course. But, but, but yeah, so they do share the same kind of monetization model you mentioned with tipping and, and things like that. But yeah, but, but that's the completely different uh, group but of people on the platform. Yeah, okay. those are different. Uh, those are different. So, so podcast, not so much live uh, content. Oh, so nobody's taking those live broadcasts and turning them into a podcast afterwards. Sounds like those live uh, chats, they're just uh, chit chats. So there's, there's, there really isn't content oh, to it. So it wouldn't, yeah, it wouldn't okay. make sense for, uh, for people to, um, to, to make it into a podcast and for people to, gotcha. uh, to listen to it. So there, there isn't like a topic or, or things like that. I mean, I mean, there are movements, especially mm-hmm. right after Clubhouse success right. uh, of just platforms trying to create things like that and, and get podcasters on there and create more high quality content. So, sure. But for, uh, for many reasons, you know, that's something that hasn't uh, taken off yet. One of the other thing with advertisement is, you know, you know, we we are though still slowly seeing companies turning, um, beginning to see value in audio. It's something mm-hmm. that's slowly happening, but it's happening. So I mean, it, it didn't help that advertisement dollars has dropped dramatically because of of the pandemic here in China. Sure. So that is also sure. one of the problems. So you have a so that's something that I always say to people um, is that you know you have a medium that's on the that's uprising you know you, you get mm-hmm. people are listening more people are listening to podcasts more people are creating podcasts mm-hmm. uh, and more people are understanding what podcast is because even be- right. before the pandemic it's still a very small community uh, who knows what podcast is so you have a, a a a time in the market where everything is growing but in the same time advertisement is is dropping so i think mm-hmm. you know the industry got to a a, a a kind of an awkward point where the industry mm-hmm. is growing, but the advertisement industry, it's, 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 sure. it's plummeting. So people, even though if they, you know, even if brands are interested to create brand impressions, you know, they are still, they're much more careful in terms of where yeah. they're spending their advertisement dollars, which I think is yeah. true uh, everywhere in, in the world nowadays. You know, whereas perhaps, I guess, five years ago, when the economy is good, they might think, okay, podcast is it's cool, let's, let's try it. And now they're sort of more conservative in terms of where they're putting the mm-hmm. money. Mm-hmm. And it will ebb and flow. Eventually, there'll be more experimentation, and then, and then the, I believe so. Yeah, and then they'll realize how powerful podcast advertising <laughs> is, and then there'll be a huge upswing. And then, yeah, I believe so. And I believe so. Podcast advertising in the West is also. I can't speak completely in the West. Let's just use the U.S. because that is primarily where I'm. Sure. Uh, a lot of my information comes from. Still, is. Yeah. Still based on the archaic model of CPMs, like cost per uh, cost yeah. per a thousand downloads, which for a network is okay, but for an independent podcast or a small business podcast as a brand uh, marketing tool is very tragic. It's a really bad way to to judge how much to pay for podcast marketing or podcast podcast advertising. So again, going back to 
the population question of with that many people in China, what is the advertising rate? Is it is it based on a certain number or is it more yeah. like based on something uh, else? I mean, unfortunately, uh, I think people still look at it in the CPM model. Um, mm-hmm. Because of course, that's the traditional model that everyone's used to, especially the decision makers uh, who are actually mm-hmm. paying the money uh, to, to buy ads. Uh, so yeah, so um, you know, I, and I say unfortunately because I think uh, you know you mentioned that a little bit as well. I think the value of audio and power of audio it's it's cannot be measured by by CPM mm-hmm. or by how people listen to it. Um, yeah, I know I know many people agree in this industry. Um, so you know, we 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 always talk to people, and you know, we we've also tried uh, as an association reach out to. Uh, to the ad community and then tell them, hey, look, you should try an uh, advertiser, not just on a podcast, but audio in general. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because we think, you know, again, we go back to the video industry. People are used to, okay, there's like a million views and, and I'm going to pay for that. But your audio doesn't have a million listening. So it's not as valuable. But we say, you look, you might only get 10,000 listens on this show. And that's that, that's a big number. And these 10,000 people, oh, they yeah. truly, right? <laughs> they're going to love your product if, if, mm-hmm. if their host tell them, uh, uh, how good it is, and and so there definitely is that value there, but yeah, but unfortunately, it's still I think we're in the the market education period. But again, you know, I I, I think uh, the market is shifting towards mm-hmm. that uh, because you know we see you know nowadays that uh, uh, advertising based out of CPM aren't doing as well as they once were. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's not uh, they're not getting the results uh, that 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 this mass reach of audience is getting, and it's much more efficient to reach. The audience that uh, you want to reach, mm-hmm. um, and 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 I know one of the trends we see is, you know, we we might be seeing more uh, people who are making contents in lower tier cities because mm-hmm. you know people who you know they don't listen to podcasts. Maybe it's not because they don't like podcasts as a medium. It's because the contents that creators create in bigger cities just aren't you know tailored to what they are experiencing yep. on a day to day basis. It's so we not connected to seeing, their lives. Uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, yeah. so we are seeing you know. Um, content creators, uh, especially these days, you know, uh, we have uh, people who are uh, leaving big cities, going back home to their uh, mm-hmm. their, their smaller cities or, or back even their, to their village. Uh, so they mm-hmm. go back with the sense of what the podcast is and they begin to mm-hmm. make uh, content based out of uh, daily lives of, 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 of where they're from. And, uh, and we're beginning to see tractions and, and success of, 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 of new creators creating new uh, mm-hmm. new followers. So, so, so I think... Uh, Again, you know the, the the growth is as rapid as as, as people expected, it, especially given it's China. So people thought, mm-hmm. you know, if it takes off, it should take off overnight. But uh, with audio, it's it, it's it's going to be a much longer uh, buildup. But uh, mm-hmm. I think the value is going to be tremendous. And we we have the same problem in the U.S. with a lot of stuff being based out of New York and Los Angeles, but the majority of the country doesn't live in those two cities. But a lot of media and information and and stories and movies, TV, radio, you name it, podcasting comes out of those two places. And I think that's part of why the independent scene is so strong there is because a lot of people, it just, it doesn't connect with their daily yeah, life. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I think uh, also another change uh, last year is that uh, the government's recognizing podcast as a, uh, as an industry. So before podcast was, uh, you know, it wasn't defined. It wasn't, uh, I mean, I mean, today I, 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 I don't think there is a unified definition of what a podcast is, uh, not mm-hmm. yet. But at least uh, from a governmental uh, perspective, uh, podcast is being recognized uh, for the first time as being a uh, a, a standalone uh, mm-hmm. industry, and that's going to create some uh, changes, uh, I believe, as well. My big question now is: a lot of our listeners 
Are, well, the medium of the podcast is English. So, of course, I, I need to ask you, if folks want to find out more about the podcasting industry in China, in English, uh, how how do they do that? <laughs> are there any places where yeah. people are talking or writing about this? Uh, most of them are in Chinese. So, so you know, one of the things I've been doing and one of the reasons why I talked to, you know, why I got connected to to, to Norm was because, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I've always actively, you know, went out there to, to run, try to connect with the English speaking community about, you know, what is happening uh, here in the Chinese, uh, in Chinese market. So there, there isn't a lot uh, going on. So, so it's, it's tough. It's, it's really a tough uh, question. I mean, I mean, if, if you were to do a Google search about podcasting in China, you do get some information. A lot of the information put out there tend to be from investment uh, companies and, and market research mm-hmm. entities mm-hmm. Um, and their take and their, 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 experience with podcasting very much you know down to the down to earth with what's happening uh, so a lot of mm-hmm. actually a lot of podcasters and, and networks i speak to in china you know they sort of disagree with 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 what the uh, you know what what, what 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 research entities put out there um mm-hmm. so so yeah so unfortunately there isn't much uh places where they can get good information on on, on, on where podcast is headed but hopefully we will be able to put out more of that information moving forward yeah, well, I can tell you a lot of people ask because I did live in in China for a few years. A lot of people ask, you know, what the what the market is like. There's definitely a thirst for information about what's happening, and yeah, I think a lot of people see China as the the fast moving, innovative place that it is, and they they want to know what's there so they can experiment with some of the things you all are doing. <laughs> Last question, Lauren. So, yeah, so so for sure. You you mentioned early on that you don't have a podcast yet. What is the yet? Are you going to start one soon? So right now, I've moved to the web free space, as a lot, of, as a lot of people are. I'm in the middle of, of creating a, a, a podcast, uh, but more on the web free, uh, more in the web free space. So the podcast uh, that I'm making should be coming out uh, soon, and it's just going to be like a, a news format. So it won't be anything fancy, but uh, we'll see where it goes. <laughs> oh, that's exciting! Yay! If the listeners want to no, reach out and connect with you, where should they? Is there anywhere online that you would like to give them where they can contact you? Sure, LinkedIn uh, would be the the, the, the fastest way. Um, so I'm always on there. So uh, if they want to reach out to me uh, via LinkedIn, they they can find me, Lawrence Lin, I believe. Uh, yeah, I'm always there. So that's probably the, the, the fastest way to reach me. 